listening to Love the Links Golf Radio with your hosts, Brenton Elliott and Bob Baldessari. So we are live, uh, Love of the Links podcast, and we have a large group with us today. I'm pretty stoked about this. This is going to be a lot of fun getting to know some of our uh, LPGA and PGA uh, professional judges. But where I wanted to start was some video messages. So I'm, I'm attempting to screen share. It worked when I was testing it. So we're going to hop over to there. And our first message is from one of the three celebrity judges. Well, you guys are celebrities too, Jason, Zoe, Tom, and Michelle, but these Hall of Famers carry a little bit more clout than any of us combined. So we'll start with Mr. Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas here. Um, you know, this is usually the time we're gonna uh, name the best peewee golf swing in the world. Uh, um, Obviously, with uh, what's going on, we can't, we can't do that. But I'm glad you related back to July 1st. You know, each year you send us pictures of swings to these kids, and boy, are there some swings! There are some great swings in here. There's some beginning swings. There's a lot of potential here. There's a lot of people. A lot of these kids are going to be great players one day, and we want to help them. Help them do that. We help identify some of the best swings and identify some of these kids that, are, that they've got a future. You know, I'm proud to do that. I know Annika and, and Jordan are, are happy to be part of this, as well as all the other judges. So uh, we're looking forward to July 1st, and we look forward to having a, uh, a good contest this year. You can pick that. And, and, of course, I wish all the kids the best uh, best of luck and find the best pet peewee swing, uh, best peewee golf swing in the world. And we'll look forward to talking to you later. So, of course, that's Mr. Jack Nicholas. And next up, Annika. And unfortunately, we didn't get one from Jordan, but we'll, we'll start there. That's pretty cool that this is our 10th anniversary of this contest. And, and while, you know, having these celebrity judges is a cool thing, and especially folks like Jack and Annika, who have been judges multiple times, I think the heart and, I think the heart and soul of, of our uh, judging and of our contests are the folks that are with us right now. So we're gonna we're gonna run down the line. These are the teaching pros. These are the boots on the ground, helping people enjoy the game, become better at the game, whether they're little kids or ninety-nine year olds. Um, but I think we'd all agree that little kids are kind of easier to work with for most of us. Um, but we'll start down the line. And what I want to do is have you guys just give me a brief background and history of how you got started, where you're at, um, what you're doing now. So we're going to start in the order. We'll start with Mr. Tom Reed. Welcome, Tom. 
Thanks very much, Brendan. Um, firstly, that was pretty cool, uh, seeing uh, Jack Nicholas and, and Annika, they're two legends of the game, um, involved in this. And, and actually, I, you know, I'm, I want to speak for everyone else here, but I, I have to kind of pinch myself a little bit to see my picture up next to those guys in, in, in the judging uh, panel. Um, it's pretty surreal and a real honour, so thank you. Um, so a little bit about me. So I'm from London, England. And um, I started the game when I was 11 years old, um, you know, and I always dreamt of winning the, the putt to win the Open Championship. That was what got me started in the game. Um, and then uh, I played all the way through till uh, sort of my early 20s and then decided that I wanted to become an instructor. And um, one of the first things that I was tasked with at, at Wentworth where I was doing my PGA training was to teach the juniors. Um, and I had a small group of kids that I would instruct um, for a couple of hours a week and I found that I actually started enjoying it so much, it just didn't feel like work to me. Um, and it started with a small group of kids and it grew out. And I'll, you know, before, I guess a year into that, I was teaching 65 kids on a weekly basis at, at Wentworth there and started up the first junior academy, um, which was when I first got involved with US Kids, actually. My first visit to the PJ Trade Show was where I met you, Brandon. Um, I, was, I was Googling junior golf coaches to to meet and, and learn something from and uh, spent some time with you and uh, spent some time training with US Kids and US Kids gave me my first uh, real kind of formal training in junior instruction. And, um, you know, they did some brilliant things uh, for me. You know, I used their program at Wentworth for years and um, they were gracious enough to give me a, a top 50 award like, like all of you guys have had to. Um, so since then, uh, I moved on and started working for David Ledbetter at Stoke Park Golf Club. Um, it's another big country club where I continue to work with juniors. And um, I started, you know, now working with more elite players um, rather than beginner juniors and, and sort of contributing to participation. I was more contributing to development uh, in, in trying to you know, get these kids into elite golf. Uh, and now I've taken a, a step kind of back from where I started and I'm the director of golf at Sunnydale Heath, which is a, you know, custom-made course for kids just outside of London and uh, I'm, I'm back to coaching uh, in the region of 40 to 60 kids on a weekly basis. I've got four-year-olds that I'm teaching them how to hold the club and I've got 11-year-olds that want to be the next Rory. So um, kind of full circle back to where I was before but uh, yeah, Julie develops my passion and um, you know, I'm, I'm really pleased to kind of be part of a network like, like this and, and sharing uh, with you guys and a lot of that's been happening over the last few weeks. Um, you know, during lockdown, there's been a great opportunity to educate and, um, you know, learn some of the some of the more sort of basic fundamentals that sometimes you can look past ten years into coaching. Um, so I'm in my tenth year now and uh, really happy to be here. So uh, yeah, that's that's me. Cool, and we we really appreciate you having a board, Tom. It's been it's been cool getting to know you, just like everybody else on this call uh, over the last couple of years. Zoe, you're up. We'll stay over on that side of the pond. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Zoe Allen, um, I am from Lurgan, which is County Armagh, Northern Ireland. Um, so I teach full time out of uh, Lurgan Golf Club. I set up my own academy called Zoe Allen Golf, probably in this last um, four or five years. So I guess I started my training, um, I want to say about seven years ago, um, at a golf course called Beaver Park Golf Club, which is situated in Belfast. Uh, so I started my training there, moved to where I am now, Lurgan, and I guess the head pro there gives me a, something similar to Tom, an opportunity to, to take the junior section of that golf club and, you know, see what I could do. So I kind of had a, you know, 
given to me, if you like, um, in terms of what way I wanted to develop it, how I wanted to run the program. So that was really the starting point for teaching juniors. Um, then I sort of went to develop my own sort of um, golf school. And just like Tom had mentioned, obviously, um, started the, with the US Kids program. So it really helped kind of develop the juniors that I have. I've spent a bit of time with Michelle over in Virginia and um, seeing what sort of a setup she has. And I know Brandon, I dropped down to see you. So I guess really spending time with other coaches and learning from other coaches has helped with my development. Um, I guess sort of on a rewind, I became a PGA pro um, in 2017. So I've now been teaching, if you like, fully for about five years. Um, so yeah, I just spend most of my time teaching juniors. I do teach the odd adult, um, but mainly kids from the age of sort of three and four years, right up to kind of 15, 16. Um, is sort of the main the, the main focus. Um, so yeah, I just really enjoy what I do. I know Tom mentioned it doesn't really feel like work. Um, so yeah, it's it's strange at the minute though because you're so used to being on the go and interacting with so many people. Um, so yeah, no, I really enjoy what I do. So um, yeah. You know, one of the things that I feel is a common thread between everybody on the call is. Uh, everybody's pretty modest, but these are not your average golf instructors at your <laughs> local club. None of the four of the folks on this call are. These, these are folks that are multiple award winning, very, very uh, highly respected in their countries and really throughout the world. And, and that's why, we, why I handpicked all, all four of the judges. So let's move on to Michelle. Uh, hey everyone, uh, my name is Michelle Holmes. I grew up in Ireland and I moved to America when I was 18. Um, I played college golf for Campbell University in North Carolina. Um, I've always had a keen interest in coaching. So when I graduated from college, I entered the LPGA Teaching and Club Pro program and went through my qualifications there and have pretty much been teaching for the last um, 15 years. Um, I now have a, a golf academy in Virginia, and we have three locations. Um, we have a student base of 100% kids. We see about 500 kids a year, ranging in ages from 3 to 18, and ranging from your peewee golfer all the way up to your um, advanced high school competitive golfer. Um, so yeah, we're just having a fun time, bringing a lot of golf families on a lot of um, golf journeys. Thanks, Michelle. And last but not least, my friend from up in Canada, Jason. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thanks, Brendan. Uh, this is my 27th year coaching. How long do I have to? Uh... Well, you you got as long as you want. We can go forever tonight. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I started golf when I was 14. It was the only sport my dad didn't teach me, and uh, you know I played you know hockey at a high level and and football and all those sports growing up. But I got into golf at uh, at 14 and didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I saw a Golf Digest ad uh, that had Golf Academy of America on it. And you and I are both familiar with those places. Uh, you being a, a former professor there and me being a former student and, uh, and a later on advisory board member. So uh, that's how I got started in golf. And it's, uh, it's been a whirlwind, been, uh, been lucky enough to collect a few awards along the way. And uh, I've been really focused more on teaching juniors in the last probably five years. Um, they seem to gravitate towards me um, versus being in um, some of the group coaching programs around. They seem to want a little bit more individual coaching. 
a lot of the parents in, in this area. I'm in Toronto, which is 7 million people. So there's lots of coaches where they can go and, and you know, do all kinds of different coaching. But um, I seem to be getting a little bit more of the competitive golfers uh, in my, uh, we call it, uh, I guess, group of, group of, group of kids. So stable. Uh, I, 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 yeah, stable. That's the weird thing. Um, so, uh, it's, it's been great. I love it. And, uh, that's where I got started. And it's my 14th year at the club that I've been, uh, at, uh, Windance Golf Club, uh, just outside of Toronto, Northeast, um, city. It's about 40 minutes, not even from downtown. So, uh, 25 minutes from a bunch of other places. So, I have a good draw of, uh, of kids coming in the area, and there's U.S. Kids Junior K, uh, Junior Tour, there's CJGA, there's Maple Leaf Junior Tour, so we have three tours in the area for kids to play. Yeah, and where I wanted to start, obviously, uh, beyond the, the intros for everybody, is pretty strange times we're living in right now. Uh, that goes without question, but, you know, I, I had Tom on uh, a couple weeks ago, we, we chatted uh, about some of the things he's doing. I think everybody on this call is pretty proficient in social media, and it seems like that's been an avenue uh, for staying in touch with a lot of your students, a lot of your juniors, and just providing stuff for them when they're cooped up at home. So we'll, we'll start in the, in the same rotation, starting with Tom. Um, what's the current status of the, your situation uh, personally as far as teaching and if it's, you know, regulated just to doing stuff online, what, do you, what are you finding as challenges and what are you finding as potential future opportunities going forward? Yeah, it's a, good, it's a good question. I mean, we've been, so I haven't given a lesson for about a month now. Um, we've been on full lockdown over here. Um, you know, the only thing that we have open is, is supermarkets, um, you know, and, and anything that's essential. So, uh, you know, I've been at home. Um, I've been going to the club to pick up posts and that's about it. So I've been keeping in contact, you know, on a daily basis and, and quite frequently with a lot of my students. Um, I have a WhatsApp group for my junior program. Um, and, and it's the best way to, to, to reach out to everyone. If I pick up a nice article or a YouTube video or something that, that I think might interest the kids, um, then I'll forward it to them on that group. But another thing I'm doing is a junior daily challenge. So I go out into my uh, back garden and um, just conjure up a, a game if I can. I was trying to keep it kind of simple to start with, but the kids keep responding back and they're like, making my games look so easy. So I'm trying to make them harder and harder and harder each day, but um, I've got loads more ideas. So that's good for me because it's kept me ticking over. Um, okay. I really miss the interaction with the families and the kids. And um, you know, it, it's as much for me as it is for them. So I'm using social media as well, uh, as much as I can. Um, trying to, and then through the daily challenge, I'm, I'm able to sort of gather content so that I can keep an audience on social media as much as I possibly can. I'm nowhere near as proficient as, as the girls are. I mean, Michelle in particular, uh, social media is incredible. You know, I'm trying my very best to get as much of that going as I can, but I'm also using coach now, um, mm -hmm. which is, uh, just an online, uh, coaching app where um, kids and adults will send me swings in and then I'll do a voiceover analysis and then respond back to them nice and quick. And uh, I'm not charging for anything that I'm doing at the moment. I know that, that some people are out there. Um, you know, I'm not earning a lot at the moment like a lot of people are, but I think the right thing to do um, is to do right by your clients, by your 
by your students, you know, look after them. If they're able to hit a few shots or if they have a few questions or if they've read an article that they want you to kind of decipher for them, then you should just go ahead and do that because I yeah. think it's really important because when we come out of lockdown, um, we're going to want to get back to work and get busy again. And I think everyone's financial situation is going to be, you know, slightly different. Um, people are going to be a bit more careful. Uh, and obviously luxuries might start to, to slow down a little bit. So I think it's really important to give as much as you can whilst keeping your brain active too. So um, there's so many online certifications that there's almost too many. So there's no excuse really. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at right now. And uh, I'm just wondering, Junior, I think I'm on day 15 today. So I'm wondering yeah. what, how much are you going to get to before this, <laughs> before this opens back up again? But uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, agreed. Zoe? Uh, yeah, so it was strange the first few days, I must admit, um, whenever we went into lockdown, it was kind of strange having a bit of time. Um, but after about day three, I think I, you know, had to really try and plan out the rest of the the rest of the month or the next few months, I guess. So, yeah, trying to do a few things to stay, um, you know, to stay connected. So sending out a weekly newsletter every Monday um, just really a touch and base with everyone. Maybe a few tips for things that can, you know, look at or something I've read or seen. Um, links in there and um, possibly a quick practice drill so trying to keep the newsletter sort of short and simple that it's not a, a chore to read but you know something that you're you know sending out that people know that you're still kind of there and um, as well as trying to kind of reach out personally to individual um players and clients just to you know it could only be a quick text just to say hey i'm thinking about you or hope mm. you're keeping well um so yeah i guess trying to stay in touch with people as best i can um now i know tom's doing his daily challenge i have a weekly challenge is what i'm at um tom so a weekend challenge um i post it out every friday kind of giving them the opportunity to you know complete the challenge over the weekend so um this weekend's challenge was the domino effect um, so basically I set up a pack of dominoes, knocked them down, um, not, you know, quite original, I guess, but I guess encouraging all the kids to try and come up with what they can use as dominoes. So we've had a few good ones back in Jenga blocks, uh, old Christmas cards, um, a pack of cards. So yeah, it's good fun, I guess, just giving them something to do and keep them, yeah. um, you know, keep them ticking over. So really trying to stay in touch with people as best I can. That's really all I haven't been, um, taking online lessons or anything, but I have heard of, um, coach nice might have to look into it over the next couple of pretty weeks. Good. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty cool platform. I know Jason and Tom both use it. Michelle, what have you been doing to keep busy? I know you, we've talked offline and you've been doing a lot. Yeah. I feel like I've been very busy with all these webinars, podcasts, Facebook live, Instagram live. So that's been a, a lot of fun and it's definitely um, pushed me out of my comfort zone. But as far as the kids, yeah, we have a lot of communication with the kids. Um, like Zoe and Tom, we're doing um, challenges. We're putting them out every other day. So we're finding that's a fun way to stay in contact with the kids. And we're finding that's a fun way for the kids to stay in contact with each other. And we have started to dabble a little bit in video lessons. And that's been cool. I've never done any online or video lessons before. So I really feel like that's forced me to teach, to learn to teach in ways that I've never taught before. And it's forcing my students to learn in ways that they've never learned before. So that's been, that's been pretty cool to see. And then, yeah, I think communication is key. I mean, we're a huge part of these kids' lives and yeah. we're pretty much just being ripped out of their lives. So even if it's something as, you know, daily text messages, FaceTime, you know, phone calls, just the simple stuff, I think that's really important to the kids. 
Yeah, agreed. Jason, you've been keeping busy with online, haven't you? I have, yeah. I've uh, done a couple of Instagram lives. I uh, did one with Dr. Bell, Rob Bell, the other day. Uh, that was fun. And that's, I mean, keeping myself busy, uh, keeping the kids busy. I am doing uh, online coaching uh, from time to time, a few days a week um, with some students. I have a few different platforms. So I have a sort of a coach on demand right now, which is live coaching, uh, either FaceTime, Skype, or Zoom. Uh, then I have the Coach Now platform, which is basically basically video analysis. Um, so there's four of those per month, uh, and I do face on and down the line both of those. And then I have the Zoom Pod Coaching, uh, which is group coaching as well, and uh, one private lesson, uh, private coaching session uh, per month. And then I've got uh, another app that I represent uh, called Pro Golf Me, uh, which is uh, another app that uh, is, is similar to to uh coach now you know one of the things that I, and a lot of the like michelle was talking about a lot of the webinars and, and chats with people and doing certifications like tom was talking about it's it's interesting and in how people utilize this time uh being locked down and and i had mentioned on a couple other podcasts that you know you could go one or two ways as an instructor with this you could kind of bury your head in the sand and wait for the doors to get unlocked or you could continue to you know stay engaged with your student base and and educate yourself and learn about a lot of the new things that are out there so my next question to go around the table here is you know what what do you feel the state of the game was prior to all this obviously we know where we're at currently and what do you think is going to come out of you know this situation that we're in as we start to move forward and and out of this uh COVID-19 uh state Tom yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting one. The pressure's building uh, when it comes to courses reopening over here at the moment. Um, there's definitely a, a split party line on that. A lot of people are passionate about it being open on a personal note. Um, I think this is way more important than any game. Um, you know, I'd much rather have everyone safe and healthy and then golf's going to be there when, when we're back again. Um, you know, at our club, Sunnydale, at the moment, we've got two greenkeepers looking after the course. Um, you know, it's financially, it's, it's a massive strain on golf clubs and golf courses. Um, for us, you know, our membership renewals were in March, which was right in the middle of all of this chaos. Um, so it was a tough time for us to convince people to pay their subs when they have no idea of when they're going to be able to be playing golf again. Yeah. Um, so the thing that we've been doing, similar to everyone's story here about engaging and, and staying in communication with, with clients, we've been doing that in the form of um, newsletters. So lots of e-shots out to the database, lots of YouTube offers. We're doing a live um, cooking session with our chef uh, this week. Um, we do have a takeaway service where the members can come and buy food. So we're doing as much as we can, but no doubt we're under pressure. Um, and membership at our club had declined over the, the last few years. So we're on a, a mission to increase numbers at the moment. And uh, now we've had one of the wettest winters here in England uh, in, in a number of decades. So we've had a rough winter followed by obviously a couple of months of closure now. So things are tough. Um, over here in terms of membership, people are still taking lessons. 
lesson diaries are, have been very full for, for us at the club and in and around London. But the, the one thing is definitely membership. People are opting for more sort of flexi golf. They don't want to be assigned to one club. They want to be, uh, we have this thing called a county card, which is where you, um, you, you pay for a membership for the county. So the region that you live in, and then you can play all of the courses within that region at a reduced rate. And that sort of model is getting quite popular now. So yeah, I think for us, we're going to have to move with the times. We're definitely going to put out a trial membership for the second half of the year, because I know a lot of people have, have left their club. So um, there's a lot of golfers out there that are going to be looking for a home. So we're going to try and use it as an opportunity. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, we've got a big challenge ahead of us. And um, let's just hope the second half of the year can be uh, a bit more active than the first half. Yeah, and I guess it really just boils down to what type of attitude you're going to bring into this. And as we come out of it, how, how you can, uh, you know, kind of hit the ground running and it's, it's a different, definitely a difficult situation. Uh, you know, what I find interesting, you know, Michelle and I are both here in the United States, but having three of you in, in other countries seeing your situations, uh, we were talking a little bit about this in, in the, uh, before we started recording. Uh, and it, it's in some respects, it's same, uh, but in other respects, like here in the United States, it's, it's really boiled down to each state what they want to do as far as opening back up. And I think Michelle can probably speak on this too. I think it brings a little bit of confusion because you're getting directed by the national government on how to do things. And then, then the states are going to be the ones that are making the final decision. We've been open here in Florida uh, golf courses, but teaching has been really, really limited, especially group stuff. Michelle, are your courses still open in Virginia? Uh, yeah, our courses are still all open. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really weird for me as well. I mean, all my yeah. kids are playing golf on a daily basis. And it's, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, a tough situation. It, it, and it's strange in that regard. But it, it, I guess in one respect for, the, for you guys uh, in the UK and Ireland and in Canada, you're shut down. So, basically, there's, there's not that itching like Michelle and I have where the kids are out playing and we're sitting here not being able to go out and interact with them but uh Zoe what what do you feel about you know how we're all going to come out of this and and I'm sure you're going to echo a lot of what Tom said uh how things are going to be post COVID-19. Yeah yeah so reiterating what Tom said there about the weather um here in Ireland we had probably the worst winter so it was tough. There wasn't much golf really played kind of January, February, you know, the start of March. Well, March was probably starting to get good. And now obviously we're, we're locked down. So yeah, we're, where we're at the golf union of Ireland, they made the call to shut all courses. So that was North and South. So that call was made sort of till end of March and um, they've extended it out until the 9th of May. So that was everything had to shut down clubhouses, driving ranges, the, the golf course and um, we're the same still have a couple of guys kind of maintaining it but I guess it's hard to it's hard to see where we're going to come out of this um you know at our club we're encouraging members still to pay memberships and um, obviously the course still needs maintained and it will be there once we get out of this so um yeah it's it's, it's definitely a tricky one but I, it's it's hard to know in terms of group interaction um I can't see that we're going to just come out of this and go back into our, you know, junior coaching programs where yeah. you have, you know, groups of kids coming in one after the other. Um, I say it'll take a while to get to that. So I suppose I'm kind of trying to, you know, think 
Is it just going to be private lessons that we're going to be allowed to take? Are you going to have to think differently about how groups are going to run? Not to mention then, you know, junior tournaments. Um, whenever you're having lots of kids together, there are lots of families together. That's going to be different. So I think there's going to definitely need to be a transition period. And I think yeah. it'll be for a few months. So it's not like we're just coming out of it straight back to what we're used to. We're going to have to, you know, think of ways to adapt and get used to it but just obviously when we don't know so yeah it'll take a bit of getting used to I think coming out of this period and I, I think the thing that's frustrating for everybody is just not knowing yeah. when we're going to be able to start doing things again I know a couple of you run uh, U.S. kids tours and, and that's something else that we need to try to figure out we just my uh, PGA friend of mine just launched a new tour this year. Perfect timing on that. <laughs> you know, we played one event in March and then nothing. So uh, it's it's frustrating and, and obviously it's a fluid situation. So we just kind of have to ride ride things out and see. Michelle, what do, what are you thinking? Is I I know you you had mentioned to me that you're starting with the online stuff and that's that's new for you. So I I'm trying to take some positives myself from all this. I'm doing stuff now that I didn't really do very heavily before. So I'm trying to take that as a positive. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, there was a lot of good things going on in the golf world. I mean, growth of the game initiatives were through the roof before this happened. Um, junior golf was at an all-time high. Kids are playing younger and um, they have more opportunities. And um, yeah, I, I guess for me, the biggest thing is looking at the teaching world and what's going to happen with that. And you know, as I said earlier, as a teacher, we're being forced to communicate and teach in ways that we never have and our students are learning in different ways and you just wonder how much of this is going to stick and it's going to be our new future and how much of it is going to go back to and um, the old way of doing things and I guess we're going to see a mixture of both but it's just hard to know you know what's going to happen. You know Jason one of the things I was going to mention to you before I get into your answer to this question is uh, the, the PGA of America has kind of adopted a model that's been you know going pretty strong in Canada for a while uh, a kind of a national model for sports and, and for youth in particular. And I, I went through some of the ADM training uh, and I know that Canada's did that really heavily with hockey. And I know that's something that, that you do with junior golf as well. How, how involved are you that are you with, with that? Well, that I'm not, but that ADM program is uh, basically a, a, a more or less a copy of our LPTM program, almost exactly the same. They just changed some of the verbiage and wording wording but uh um going back to online coaching i've been i had online coaching in 2003 using uh darkfish software i don't know if you guys have ever heard that yep but i had my web designer write a program where i could post the media books right online um into html so they could see them instead of just doing a pdf and whether i was ahead or not but it didn't it didn't take off um the way i thought it might because people wanted the you know interaction back and forth so now we're sort of facing this, we can't be face-to-face -face until the state of emergencies in, in each particular state or province are lifted. So in, in British Columbia on the West Coast, Vancouver Golf Tour is opening. Um, their golf courses are open. Alberta, also open. Ontario's closed. Quebec is closed. So it's it's same thing, state, province, um, deciding who's open, who's not. So uh, that's kind of the predicament we're in i guess until we've we ours is you know may 12th so when, when the next deadline is to either extend the you know um, the, the state of emergency or or withdraw it 
Uh, so we won't find out until then. But uh, I'd like to think that people aren't going to be in a state of paranoia when they come out and, yep. and, and you, know, uh, you know, be avoiding each other uh, so much as they are right now because we're forced to do that. Um, it's, uh, I'd like to think that, you know, positively, I think we're going to return to some kind of normalcy, uh, you know, um, but, uh, we'll see what happens, I guess. Uh, as of right now, one-on-one coaching six feet away, I did, you know, I was doing that until, uh, until May 20th or sorry, March 20th. Yeah. So I was teaching a couple of doctors. I teach a a few physicians and I asked them and they're like, we have to stay and, you know, um, and stay the course here and just uh, do this and we'll be okay. And well, a couple of internal medicine guys and uh, they didn't seem to be too alarmed at that point. Uh, but I mean, obviously it's different everywhere in every country and we'll find out, I guess, sooner or later what's going to happen. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, so it's, uh, I think, I think the game will return to, to, the state that it will be in obviously it'll just take a little bit longer than, than we want to the last question and then after that last question i'm going to give you guys all an opportunity to promote all your your social media your websites because uh, like like i feel i think people should know who you guys are so but before that let's get to the swing contest because that is something that is still going on uh, in fact we extended the deadline uh and what do you guys look for in particular? I know it's probably different for each of the age groups, like the under three, which is my favorite category. Um, I don't look for anything in particular, except if that kid's video just kind of grabs me. So what do you guys look for uh, from the swings? Tom? You know, I, I like a swing with style. You know, I like, um, you know, some of my favorite swings are like a Calvin Pete or a Phil yeah. Mickelson or a John Daly. You know, I like a kid kind of throwing a load of energy into a shot. Um, if, if they're almost falling over or standing up on two tiptoes, <laughs> that's the kind of swing I look for. You know, there's some brilliant videos that come out. Some of the productions absolutely obscene. It's like they're yeah. coming out of Hollywood. But yeah, I mean, I, I want to see like the, the, the energetic kind of style swings. Those are the ones that... Um, where the kid looks like they're really enjoying thumping the golf ball. That's, those are my favorite swings to look at. And I, and I guess it's really no surprise to you guys um, because you work, you all work with juniors and a lot of you start with them super young. That was one of the primary reasons why I started this contest 10 years ago because there wasn't a lot of focus on those, those younger age groups. And I was seeing quite fantastic things from kids as young as three and four. And I'm sure you all agree on that. So I felt like this was something that people needed to see, uh, and especially the instructors that are afraid to teach these young ages. There's all kind of potential there. Zoe, what do you look for? Yeah, I guess uh, the number one thing that I'll be looking for in the swings is good, good balance. Um, yeah. I know it's it's hard at all the different ages to try and kind of kind of look for that, but I guess if they have kind of a good balance, good motion through the swing, and I'm all about a good balance finish. So if I can see that, that's that's a you know that's what I'll be looking for. That's one of the keys for me too. Uh, once you get past that under three, three, four yeah. age group, that's one of the things I really look for. And, you know, we, there are some naysayers uh, out there with the whole idea of this contest. Look, by no means do we take this 100% serious. Now, there are some kids that have amazing golf swings, they're amazing players, 
But as we all know, an amazing golf swing doesn't necessarily equate to good scoring or vice versa. There may be kids that have a very unique swing, like Tom said, who can shoot lights out. So this is just a fun contest. And if we identify some kids while they're young and then they move on to bigger and better things when they get older, so be it. And that's, that's a pretty cool thing. Michelle, what do you look for? Yeah, so it is a fun contest. And um, first thing I have to say is I do love when we can uh, see the kids' personalities shine through. When you watch the video, you feel like you, you got to know the kid a little bit more. Um, but of course, it boils down to that golf swing. Um, I guess golf swing-wise, I'm just looking for solid fundamentals, looking for, I love a simple swing, uh, a repeatable swing. So a simple, repeatable swing that gives good ball striking. I guess that's what I'm going to be looking for. Yep. And Jason? What do you look for? Well, you know, I'm looking for angle of attack, creative closure, uh, <laughs> balance. Uh, I want to make sure they have good, you know, good, good swing playing. I'm looking for all those things. No, just, that's for all the naysayers out there um, who, you know, who don't want to see kids have fun. Um, so, uh, <laughs> um, no, definitely good stability, though. I look at that. Some, you know, rhythm, rhythm of the swing. And then I'm always looking at the very end to see what the kid's smile looks like. Yeah. See how much fun they're having and yeah. in, in doing this videos, um, you know, for the contest with their parents. And, and Jason, this is your first year as a judge, and we're definitely going to keep you on for coming years. You're, you're going to really, really be impressed because at this point, you've only seen uh, little glimpses when we put that uh, collaboration video of all the swings. When yeah. you get all these videos and then we start getting into the voting. Well, I remember sending my kids, uh, two kids videos in in the first year. Yeah. They, uh, the, the brother and sister, Andre and Emily. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. I look for all of your individual students too. And I really put those ones under the microscope. <laughs> <laughs> so the last thing uh, I want to thank you guys, but the last thing I wanted to do was kind of go one more time, one more lap around starting with Tom and just, you know, give me, give me, uh, or give the folks listening or that'll watch the replay any place they can reach out to, whether it's social media, website, email, whatever you want to uh, put out there. Tom? Uh, yeah, best way to get hold of me is via Twitter or Instagram. And uh, my handle is Tom Reed Golf. Uh, so T O M R A I D Golf. Okay. Zoe? Yeah, so Zoe Allen Golf. Um, I have my own website, zoeallengolf.com, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all Zoe Allen Golf. Okay, Michelle? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Michelle Holmes and School of Golf, on Instagram, Michelle Holmes Golf, and on Twitter at M Holmes Golf. And Michelle is the queen of, queen and king of Instagram <laughs> for junior golf instructors. He gets a big, big following. So kudos to you. And Jason, what about uh, you, bud? I'm everything right here, it's, it's uh, Jason Hellman Golf. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, you name it. It's, it's all under Jason Hamlet Golf. Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. It was really fun talking to all of you. And uh, let's just keep pushing that contest. Hopefully, we'll get Mr. Spieth to do a video. I've been pushing it, but hopefully we'll get <laughs> him to do one, and we'll put that out there. Enjoy your evenings if you're over the pond. Uh, I guess everybody, it's evening here, too. So enjoy your evenings, and I appreciate the time, guys. All right. Thanks, Thank you. Cheers, guys. Right. Be safe. Thanks for listening to Love of the Links Golf Radio. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our website is littlelinksers.com backslash love. 
You can email us at loveofthelinks at gmail.com.